what you want, when you want it, where you want it. This is The Mesh. Brothers in Tech is a weekly podcast focused on personal and home technology, helping provide you, our fellow brothers and sisters in tech, with some information, assistance, and recommendations. The Consumer Electronics Show, or CES, is an annual event in which we get a glimpse of the future of consumer technology, sparking tech enthusiasts like us to dream and a little bit of drooling about what is to come. In this episode of Brothers in Tech, we discuss the products we are most excited about at this year's CES and what those products could mean for our daily lives. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Brothers in Tech here on the Mesh.TV podcast network. My name is Alan Jackson, and over to my right. Oh, Jackson, look at that. Look at I got that. that time. I've been practicing. <laughs> yeah. How you doing, Brian? Okay, good. I was waiting for the next question. <laughs> Alan, I'm doing, I'm unbelievably good right now. Yeah. Good. No, no, sorry. That's I great. just, I just spun, I just spun the wheel of possible answers and that one came up that I was supposed to be better than what you normally that. give me. So I'll, I'll take that. That's fine. So no, I'm, 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 I'm excited. I'm excited. I'm very, actually, I'm super pumped about this uh, particular episode because we're thinking about future and, and things that haven't come out yet or are currently yeah. coming out. And this kind of gets me jazzed. Uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm excited about it. So, I mean, not well, that we, I'm not always excited about talking with you, but I am yeah. really excited about this one. So, well, you know, it, it's true. Most of the time we're together, we're talking about things that we are already using things we've already had experience with technology right. we're reviewing, whatever it may be, or recommending. This is one that, I mean, we'll go ahead and say it. We've not laid hands on any of these products at this yep. point because yep. they were all introduced or announced or unveiled at the Consumer Electronics Show 2022 that just happened a couple of weeks ago. And us being a show that's all about home, family, personal technology, consumer level electronics, we, we kind of keep an eye on what's being announced and, and what's talked about at CES. And uh, we we're excited to see some of the products announced. So what we're going to do is we're going to talk through some of the ones that really jumped out at us as far as, hey, that's something really interesting. This could have some bigger ramifications for us in the future, or maybe ones that we're just personally really looking forward to, to getting our hands on ourselves. So we've got a few of those we're going to highlight. Again, this is not a comprehensive list of everything from CES. These are just things that caught our attention that we want to highlight. And also, again, restate, we have not used any of these products. The right. ones we talk about, Brian, they could come out and they'd be horrible. <laughs> they could really <laughs> flop. We don't know. We're just talking about based on what we see and have read from the announcements so far. Yep. So this is all yep. very speculative looking at the future of what could be coming down the pike from a home electronics standpoint. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean that's let's, yeah. Uh, we're we're kind of blue skying here, right? We're hopeful. Yeah. We're hopeful that these things will turn out the way they expect. Let's to. Uh, let's talk through some of those things. I think each of us have a few that we sure. want to bring up and share. So, Brian, why don't you go first and tell us something okay. from CES that you are intrigued by or think could be a, a good thing for us in the future? Well, so for anybody who has been kind of following the um, the breakthroughs in technology over the last few years. Uh, mm -hmm. Probably has heard of kind of the the foldable phone, you know the mm -hmm. fact the 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 idea that we you know over years the phones started getting bigger and bigger right and they really become it, right now there's very little difference between a small tablet and a large phone right I mean they're they're pretty darn close uh, to one another um, so that led people led technology to kind of say well wait a minute. If there's a use case for people to have a larger screen to deal with, but there's also mm -hmm. a use case for it to be able to go in your pocket, or there's a use case for it to be able to go in a smaller form factor, they're going back to the old foldable, the fold, you know, the flip phones, right? We used to have flip a flip phones, phone where yeah. you flip it up, it could fit in your pocket, yet you could still open it up so that it could get on your uh, your uh, your ear and be able to talk. Um, so I think anybody who's followed that and has seen kind of the the excitement that was behind some of that as being a really mm -hmm. cool way of kind of addressing a need has probably started to think, well, when's the next step in that iteration going to happen? And I think the next step is um, using the computer to be a folding screen um, and to have, you know, the possibility. Let me let me make that a little bit larger for you. So. Um, Alan, how do you say their that company's name? Asus. 
I've always said Asus. Asus. But I don't, I don't know I'm which is Asus. Right. I have had an Asus or an Asus phone, all right, uh, computer in the past. Uh, so they've been Asus. around a while. Asus, maybe? Ooh, Asus? Okay. Asus? Yeah, please. Hey, please uh, email at info at the mesh TV. <laughs> tell us phonetically. <laughs> but as you can see here, so they've actually come up with the idea that they can take that same technology and make a laptop that is foldable. So potentially imagine what your laptop has in terms of the touch screen and I'm sorry, in terms of the touch um uh, mouse in terms of the keyboard, in terms of the screen, what were to happen if that all were to open up and fold a uh, fold open so that you had all of that for hmm. viewing of a movie or for um, using as you would an iPad or a tablet, uh, but then potentially I'm assuming still also have a floating keyboard as you would with an iPad or some other way to be able to do that. So it seems like, you know, they're they're taking this technology of foldable screens, foldable digital, you know, uh, LED screens and being able to take that to a larger scale. Now, I can see your your reaction here, Alan. I can see you're not so sure about what's going on here. Um, But let me let me let me give you the um, the thought that's in my head about why this could potentially be exciting. Uh, One is imagine a two-sided iPad, right? Where you take an iPad and, you know, you can have one side that you're reading on a, on a, uh, on a train where all you need is a book size. And then all of a sudden you get to a place where you want to share it with a colleague at a, at a meeting, flip it open. And this whole thing becomes full screen, right? A double the screen size. I I just think there's some exciting things that could potentially happen with this. Look, you, the concept alone I'm on board with. Yep. I'm more concerned about practicality. I'm also concerned. The whole folding screen technology concerns me just because that that's just, to me, another big fail point of where Very problems true. could exist with a screen. Now, right. I, I have every confidence that, you know, as, as Asus or whoever they're called, Microsoft <laughs> and eventually, eventually Apple have yeah, foldable technology. It, yeah. Yeah, it's going they, to be it made reliable. It's going right. to be a, a safe bet. You're not going to have to worry about right. getting banding lines when you're f- folding the screen or the screen going bad very easily because of all the, the movement on it. That's where I am initially. Um, I just want to see a big manufacturer really roll this out and have a big rollout very successful. But the idea of doing a laptop like this, I mean, at first I was not on board with it, but the more I thought about it, I'm like, Okay, well, you could have a keyboard on the bottom half when you want to use as yep. traditional typing, but then you want to use it as a writing instrument and you want to be drawing. Yep. You could actually have a, if you're someone who would rather handwrite, not directly on the screen, but you want to handwrite down below, you could actually have that be a writing surface down below yep. or showing up on the top part of the screen. Yeah, I love the functionality. I love the capabilities it could have. I just, I really want to see it practically be used by people on a daily basis and it work really, really well and not open up to yeah. more technical or uh, fault issues. So, yeah. Yeah. And I think, so personally, I, I could really care less whether it's a bendable screen or whether it's a hinge double screen. Right. I mean, yeah. I, I personally sure. could care less. Right. I mean, if, if you give me the laptop, um, the laptop form factor, and you made my entire lower part of the laptop when I open it up as its own monitor. And that yeah. would take the same typing that I do on an iPad if I have to get stuck typing on an iPad. Or actually more in a cooler way, I keep thinking of things like what, what I despise about using an iPad is because I get used to having the ability to take something and put it to the side, but still see that it's there like windows, you know, and of course yeah, you yeah. can do that with an iPad. Now you can pull it from the side. You can pull it from it's still imagine not, the bottom was your tray. Imagine the bottom yeah. was your, your tray of things. And you go, Oh, I'm going to that thing, throwing it up there. Oh, yeah. and my mail, I'm throwing it up there and sliding it back to me. I just think that, um, I think this is the right time for this to be moving forward. Um, I personally despise <laughs> typing on a screen. I'd rather type on physical keys, but yeah. I also think that I'm being trained day in and day out 
to do my typing on a screen, uh, well, whether it's my phone or my iPad or whatever. We're getting trained to do it, and it's not going to be long before the keys well, are going to be gone. Think about all of us that said when the iPhone was first announced, and we said, yep. "Oh boy!" But I really need a tactile, physical keyboard. I need my black. I do not want to be type. I don't want to be yep. typing on a screen. Well, what are we doing nowadays? We're all typing oh. on screens. Yep. And yep. We seem to be okay with it by now. So. Yep. Yeah, I well, remember Brian, when Alan. I remember you got the first iPod and uh, iPhone in our family, and I remember yeah. clearly where we were when you showed me, and I thought, "Oh my gosh, this is super odd." But we both were like, "Wow," you know. As yeah. soon, sure enough, we started to realize you could do that still with a small form factor. So I think that it's still possible. I th also think that you know our typical keyboard layout could change eventually to where the hands are to sure. the side and maybe you know keys yeah. there. I just uh, I think this is exciting to see that we're starting to rethink what was always the standard of a computer yeah. screen Agreed. keyboard screen and keyboard. So I I love the concepts even more so, Brian. Yep. I'm going to if you're done with your Please, highlighting of yeah. this, I'm going to move on to mine because it it's amazing how it kind of piggybacks right off of yours. You were talking about the idea of maybe just having a screen the top and a screen at the bottom. They didn't have to be yep. one continuous flowing screen. Well, let me see if this might intrigue you in any way whatsoever. So another product that was announced at CES is by Lenovo. I do know how to pronounce that brand name, by the way. Oh, thank you. Um, and it is a laptop as well, but it's doing something a little different than what you showed. This is the ThinkBook Plus. Mm -hmm. Now look carefully at this. What do you see? You see a keyboard. Yeah, but something off to the right of it, right? That is an actual independent LCD screen. Now think about what you could do with this. This is an LCD screen that's running right next to your keyboard. You got the full screen ahead of you. It's used for writing notes. If you have a stylus and you want to spend some time writing, you now have a writing surface and it can feed it into the computer uh, as part of the system. You could use it for a, uh, a, a really, really awesome numeric keypad that uh, you're used to having the old style where the numbers are kind of in a grid and you can work with it that way. Um, it's a companion LCD built into your laptop, hmm. sketching, drawing, throwing up other apps that kind of work on a separate screen off to your right. Um, I hmm. thought this looked pretty interesting. Uh now, this is one where I'd honestly, you have to use it for me to be able to say whether I think it works or not. This is one I think is really dependent on functionality. Um, you know, Apple, Apple rolled out their, their um, touch bar um, on their laptops and mm -hmm. never really found a place to use it. It's like a strip. It's a much smaller strip, but it runs along the top of the keyboard. And everybody, they announced it thinking everybody was going to use it to kind of have that little dual function, some LED functions right. on their keyboard side. And it's just not caught on. It it's actually been removed. Out. It's been yep. removed in the latest new uh, MacBook Pros. So whether or not this is gimmicky the same way or whether there's some functionality. But I will tell you, the idea of me having wanting to write sometimes or sketch something on my laptop and having to either have a separate trackpad or some other writing tablet or something to do that. I, I'm not, I, I wish there was a way to sketch notes in something without leaving my laptop environment. Yeah. This yeah. may be the way to do it. So. Yeah. Let me give, let me give my, my two sure. thoughts pro and con uh, pro. I love the, in the integration of that. And the fact that, you know, imagine I'm someone who's traveling a lot, getting on a plane, getting on a, um, getting on a train, you know, someone could argue, say, oh, you can have a tablet already for the side and, and, you know, Apple or, you know, Windows, they allow you to integrate your phone that you're writing on with your screen and all that sort of stuff. But the fact to me, having them all built in means you can put them on your lap. You can put it yeah. on your lap and it actually all works. So that's my pro. I think it's fantastic. I would I, I could see myself loving to use something like that. The con is that I'm right handed. So I sure hope that they have a left-handed <laughs> version of this, <laughs> you know, because yeah. honestly, that seems perfect for a right-hander. It's like, oh, it's off to the right. I've got my stylus, you know, maybe I'm writing with my stylus in my hand and then I slide over and, and do some things. So I would hope they have a flip version of it. Um, They've for got to. Otherwise, yeah. they're cutting out yep. the whole portion of the market. 
Um, and you know, lefties is, are not that important anyway. But I mean, you know, you got you got to talk to them a little. Spoken bit, as a right? true right-hander <laughs> yourself. Um, the <laughs> other thing for me, Brian, that's a little bit of a concern. And again, this all falls down to how do you use it. Think yeah. about setting this on your lap or setting it somewhere to use. You're automatically your body is now having to be kind of shifted to the left to use to in front the of the keyboard. Of yep. Is it just going to be all kind of off kilter now, where it's going to be more right hand heavy because there's right. a whole other extension of there? That's that's going to take that would take a little getting used to. I don't know how that yep. would work from a balancing standpoint. But and again, how large I, is the screen, Alan? Um, it, I mean, I imagine this is probably a seventeen at least. Yeah, seventeen right? inch 17. ultra okay. widescreen. Yeah. 17.3 inch widescreen. Because you still uh, want to have a regular size keyboard, right? For it yeah. to be actually useful. That's right. So that means you're adding to it. I, I like what they're doing with this again, mm-hmm. but it all comes down to do applications and operating systems make use of it. Because yeah. again, that was the problem with the touch bar on the Mac is I just don't think they found a really good use case for it where enough applications were pushing some interesting things to do on it. So is this just going to be a simple notepad sitting there ready for whenever you have a stylus and you want to write, or are they can be able to do more with it. That's the question for me is uh, how functional is it going to be? If it's just for a writing pad, I don't think there's enough people that would justify its existence. You and I would love it because I, I do want to sketch and write things at times, but do I need a whole new laptop to do it? I don't know. Yeah. But if there yeah. were other functionality there to make that screen usable, that could be to me really interesting. So, yeah, I agree. I agree. I think, right. I mean, it, it feels it feels like just trying to piece lots of things together, which is always a little challenging and certainly sure. not Mac-like, I would say. Like Mac probably looks at this and goes, there's no way, well, right? But I think, you know, until they get the simplicity to that, that they want, that I think this could be a way for people actually to do the work that they do, which I think is yeah. cool. Could so, be very interesting. Yeah. All right, yeah. Brian, do you have uh, something else? I do. Yeah, I've got a. I've got a few more. Um, oh yeah, go I'm ahead. actually not. I'm actually not going to share. I'm not going to share uh, a screen on this one because, uh, you know, it's not actually out as a product, but it is something that's been um, described and and I think is just a, a fascinating purpose for this technology. So, uh, Samsung, which you and I've talked about before, is kind of my favorite TV brand. You know, I tend to like what Samsung does. Um, I think they're always somewhat innovative. Um, we had a, we had a episode recently, Alan, where we talked about remote controls, you know, and we talked about one of the elements about remote controls was that when you have a remote control, you're able to have this extra device, right? We, we talked about moving to voice. We talked about all these other things, but every TV that you buy really has to have a remote control, but remote controls haven't really changed that much in a long time. And it's kind of been this static thing. Um, so what I love is one of the things that was brought up at, um, the uh, uh, CES this year was this idea of remote controls that will never require batteries again. And, you know, and how, so how, first of all, tell me how that happens. Yeah. Well, first of all, let's think, well, if you use your TV outside, you could imagine, well, sure. I could have a solar remote control. Sure. I mean, okay, if I'm outside, sure. maybe I could have a solar yeah. remote control that continues to charge. We don't use our TVs outside. Right. No. Um, but this new technology Samsung's putting out is suggesting that they can use not only solar for the ability of having certain lights in your room that could help charge some of this, but also your Wi-Fi network, that it can pull energy from your Wi-Fi signal that would then allow it to recharge itself, okay? Hmm. Really, really cool stuff. This is super, it gets me super excited. And, and I have to say, I don't know a lot about the technology, um, but what happens is they're suggesting they're using something called, sorry, let me get the term right, although it's not that it really matters. Our pronunciation has been so off already. Uh, <laughs> photo, photovoltaic, photovoltaic energy. But the idea that the Wi-Fi signal itself, um, or at least maybe a version of it that has radio waves, that would actually end up charge, recharging your batteries. Now, there's a part of me that says mm. that's scary as hell because if it can recharge my remote, what is it doing to my brain? Uh, but at the same there's time, that. you think, wow, it's a creative uses. I think this goes along with the whole idea of wireless charging and yeah, how yeah. we're getting to the point where, you know, eventually people are going to be able to set their phone in a room and the room has a box that sends waves out to charge whatever's there. 
But uh, mm-hmm. here, here was the thing that really got me, right? And I never really thought too much about the batteries that I have. Now, of course, the Apple, you know, Apple TV battery, that's one that's rechargeable. Okay. We, we know that, yeah, right? That's sure. kind of the new move of those things. You just recharge them, right? And that's definitely where I've tried to move more yeah. things to if I can. I, I'm trying to get to rid a little of eco-friendly, the, right? the, uh, the, uh, the batteries that are just thrown away or yeah. discarded. Well, what they suggested, and of course, this is their tagline, is that if they discarded AAA batteries for remotes and using the average lifespan of these things and the average use that people have of these, that they could end up avoiding 99 million discarded batteries within a seven-year period. Okay, wow. so I think that what it's just saying is like, if we can come up with a technology that doesn't damage anything else, right, assuming that this, now, of course, this goes back to like, uh, electric cars and people arguing, mm-hmm. hey, that's great. You don't put gas in it, but what happens when that battery gets to the landfill? Yeah, I don't know anything about that. I have no idea what the idea, but if they're saying this is the lifespan of your TV, that remote will always <laughs> be able to work and potentially then recycling that make work okay. But I love the idea that yeah. people are thinking more oh, about yeah. you know, saving some of the waste that we have rather than just thinking about cool new tech, right? This is new no, I'm, tech that can be beneficial. Absolutely. This is probably the the thing of the things that we have already talked about and the things we're going to talk about, this is probably my favorite to think about just because I'm, I'm completely on board with this. I have actively tried to find ways to get rid of things in my life that require batteries. Yeah. Uh, Well, external removable batteries. Right. Because I think it's just, not only is it costly, not only is it um, a pain to keep up with, but it's just bad for the environment too. I think as yep. much discarded yep. waste, waste we have every year from this. I mean, yep. that 99 million discarded batteries over seven years. Yeah. I, I believe it. Cause I think about two of them, 2 million of them are from my, <laughs> from your house, <laughs> my TV remotes alone. So, yep. um, yeah, I'm, I'm on board with this completely. Anything we can yep. do to avoid the waste, avoid the discarding and just the hassle of keeping up yep. with batteries. I mean, how many times have I had to run to a store just to go get, another pack of double A AA or triple A batteries. And, you yep. know, and then I just feel like they just go so quick and, you know, it's just a pain. So yes, yeah, absolutely on board. And, on, and honestly, you know, and whether it's this method, which I think is really, really exciting and cool. Um, or if it's the method of kind of wireless charging, taking an additional step forward, you know, right yeah. now you have to buy a wireless charger on your bedside table, put your, put your phone on it. I mean, eventually, you know, you'll have a bedside table that just emits that anywhere you put it on the table. And if yeah. that's the case, well, why not have your remote control be using the same charge, right? It's just well, kind of continuing to have that, right? And also on that same note, Brian, uh, a lot of devices coming out now, like, for example, my uh, home security uh, system I put in yeah. has a keypad that was a is a battery-powered one, like chargeable battery. And you can mount it on the wall, but I still get pinged you know, every few months whenever it's time to charge that up. Um, yep. Apple TV remote, same way. I mean, it's just, it's all these devices. It's great. I love the fact that they don't use AA, AAA batteries anymore. But we're still having to remind ourselves or get notified yep. that something's about to die yep. and we got to go charge it up, take it off the wall, take it off the table, whatever, and plug it up for a while. If there could be a way of just that constant source of mm-hmm. charging, we never have to worry about those devices. That's a, that's a game changer. That's great. That's I mean, so houses good. in the future have smart walls or, you know, chargeable spots on a wall where you could just magnet up your light and that it's constantly just getting a charge. I think, yeah, there's lots of cool things uh, coming down the road. I think if we can get this idea of uh, other ways rather than plugging something in or um, putting a new battery in. Okay. Yeah. So Alan, I'm, yeah, I'm kind of two for two here. So, you know, your, your, your time, what do you, what do you got? Well, this one is not going to change the world. <laughs> like uh, the battery <laughs> charging could, doesn't really help it, the environment in any way, sorry to say, but, um, but it is something I'm, I think I'm interested in and excited about. Well, mainly it's more of where we're going with trackable devices, trackable items. Uh, you know, we've used the tile for a while we talked about trackable yeah. stuff in a previous episode um hit or miss you know it's good it's, it was nice at the time but we also pointed out the fact that a lot of these proprietary tracking systems 
it kind of depends on other people having that same yep. platform or same device to be able to find each other whenever you lose an item. Unless it has really true GPS built in and, and then it becomes a lot more expensive and, and harder to roll out. Apple has had their uh, Find My Network available in their phones and iPads and Macs for a while now. And they rolled out their line of AirPods, little trackable disc that you could buy and put on things or attach to things and always know where it is. The reason the Find My Network works, I think, better and people are finding good success with it is anybody with an iPhone, iPad, Mac computer, or Apple device is technically a, a source of information yep. for those trackable devices. So as long as there's somebody in the vicinity that's got one of these Apple products, which of course is pretty Very ubiquitous likely. in most places you yep. go, then the Apple Find My Network will help you find your device. So what do we lose a lot? When we lose keys, okay, they've made the little AirPod with a little keychain ring to, to snap onto it. Um, people are putting them in their bags, like work bags or uh, purses or, or something like that. But I don't know about you, Brian, but I'm always having to track down my billfold, my wallet. Yeah. And uh, the fact is now that, you know, yes, I could have bought an AirTag and kind of just squeezed it into my billfold somehow. And, you know, it'd be a little, it's a little, little lumpy. It'd be a little odd to be in there, but you could do it. It would make it work. Yep. But yep. What I love is they did announce a company, Nomad announced at the uh, CES that they've come out with a card. That is a very, very thin card. You can actually see here the person's fingers holding it. That fits into your billfold or fits into your wallet. And it works on the Apple Find My Network. So the idea is that once you slide this into your wallet, you can now track your wallet on your Find My app on your iPhone or iPad or Mac. And uh, 35 bucks, which I think is a pretty decent price for that. And I think it works pretty well. Um as you can see, it's already sold out. So obviously people have seen this and yeah. gotten really excited about it. We have not used it, so I can't vouch for it. The only downside I've heard about this thing is that it, the battery is not rechargeable or replaceable. Yep. So when can't this thing dies, it's dead. Done. I mean, they yep. say maybe two to three years. Ooh. So you'll have it for a couple of years, and then they have it where if you send in the dead one, uh, it's 50% off a new one. So... Um, you just got to be prepared that this is not going to be super long life on this, but to know that you can slide it into your billfold, always know where your billfold is. You can have your phone ping you if your billfold leaves your immediate vicinity uh, for some period of time. Uh, it works just like an air air pod or air tag does, but instead it is now your billfold and not having to worry about just sliding a little air tag in there and it's sliding around or possibly falling out or, uh, causing a lump in your billfold, which you don't want. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. So, so like it's it. interesting. I mean, I, I, I do like how you purposely tried to counterbalance my environmental friendly um, pick from a second ago. That's something, something that does the opposite. Be every, yeah. Can't be recharged and, and have to get just, just going to fill landfills every two or three years. <laughs> yeah. Good. I'm, you know, I'm, we're all about balance here at brothers in tech. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I want to mention a couple of things. One, you know, this particular type of, um, a form factor has been around been around for years. Right? Sure. You and I mentioned yeah. we've been with Tile. Okay, I'm going to do a little show and tell. So I have you know my wallet, my old school wallet. Mm -hmm. Okay, which mm -hmm. I rarely use anymore because we've talked about how I have a wallet built into my phone. Right, the yeah. magnets on the outside from MagBack, which um, which I'm loving. Uh, but I still have my wallet because there are certain cards that I don't carry around every day. Sure. But I put them in a wallet, put them in the, you know, in, um, in my office. And if I have to go somewhere where those things like some insurance cards mm -hmm. and all that stuff, I'll take it. So I have in here, I have a, I have a version, uh, of that card from tile. Okay. okay it looks very similar. Okay. Let me, let me... Yeah. So then, okay. Looks like, uh, yep. You can see the, oh, over here, the mm -hmm. tile, a uh, logo. Um, I believe it still works. Okay. I've never lost my wallet uh, since I bought it sure. several years ago, um, which is great. Actually, let's just chop, double check this. This is great TV here. Let's just see if it works. Um, Brian is checking his tile app to see if he can track. Yep. There he goes. He uh -huh. just yeah, still works. His this been, I don't know how many years this has been around, right? But that's probably only the second time in multiple years that I have actually made it uh, call call out to me. But 
the fact that this is just on the tile platform yeah. is the limiting factor, right? That is sure. exactly right. Is the fact that this can go on a find my um, a find my network, and you're getting more access points, and I think it also you know, starts to get a little bit more precise in terms of where you can find things. I think that's uh, fantastic. So I, I agree with you. This is exciting. I think the more that can use the Find My Network um, for more different form factors that are going to be useful for daily, uh, daily, daily lives, I think that's great. I understand this one also cannot upgrade uh, a battery. Luckily, I like I said, I've had it for probably four years, maybe. And, you know, it's still working. Uh, yeah. But you can see why, right? It's so thin that there is no charge port. There's no, you know, way to kind of uh, reduce it. So that's the bummer, right? Maybe, maybe when we get to the point where wireless charging gets to the point that all they need to do is put a battery in there, not a port, and you just set it down and recharge it every few years. Maybe it gets to the point where this could be really exciting. But that's the only downside is that, you know, I hate the fact that you're going to have to exchange it and you know, buy a new one, right? I'd like to see well, something that could be rechargeable. And I'll clarify too. I mean, the company is saying they promise two years for sure. Yeah. Two years is still a pretty quick. Yeah. Quick turnaround I mean, I, time. Even I, if it goes three years, that's still pretty short lifespan, I think. So that's the right. one drawback. Yep. Maybe it's just because Apple's find my network to use that, or it's going to get hit a lot more with a lot more, things around it that it's going to feed off of. I don't know if that just draws battery down on it or because they made it so super thin, maybe it's a little thinner than the tile. Uh, it has lower battery life. I don't know what the factor yeah. is for that. But um, anyway, I love the idea. I, I have not stepped into the find my network other than using my own phone and tracking my own computer. Yep. The air tags are interesting to me, but the only thing I would need an air tag for right now would be my keychain. Um. I feel like, but the billfold, that is definitely something that could get me to start yeah, using that service yep. a lot more. So, yeah, yeah that's, a, that's All right, Brian, one. what have you got uh, another item to share with us from CES? Well, so here, here's one that, uh, and I think most of these actually, it's not that the technology itself, the product itself is that new and exciting. It's additions to the, to the product, like the chargeable okay. remote. I'm not excited about a remote. I'm excited about sure. the fact that it never takes batteries. But another one that I'm super excited about is that, um, a video doorbell, which I know many of us probably have. It's kind of become mm -hmm. a, a very typical thing. Um, Ring, you know, kind of popularized this and, you know, Wise has their own. I have a Wise version. And what that allows me to do is to see when someone comes to my door or someone presses the doorbell that's part of it, I get a notification. Mm -hmm. I can talk to them. Um, but what is, uh, what's the, what's the main use, Alan? for or what is it what's the activity that happens on your doorstep more often than anything else right what's the what is it the action that you're seeing notifications about uh pizzas being delivered <laughs> <laughs> and you, and you have them like what drop off the pizza i mean that's nice well, a lot of your house is that what it is deliver. A lot of the pizza places that deliver uh, have a no touch, you know, type of situation where they will just leave it on your doorstep and you get a notification back on your phone that, hey, we delivered your pizza. It's on your front doorstep. And um, that's okay. good. I'm I know you're going to. I'm, no, 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 I no, no, no. I'm glad you brought that up. You're going to be a smart ass and I'm going to come still back applies. with okay. you All at right. a really different. Yeah. I, know I know where you're <laughs> so, leading with that. <laughs> okay. So Domino's comes up yeah. and knocks on your door, touchless, yeah. and says, yeah, here you go. I got your pizza. I'm getting ready to set it down. What is it that we do not want to happen in that scenario? I don't want the Domino's guy leaving and me picking up the pizza and realize it was not the pizza that I wanted. Right. I don't want him leaving. I want to figure out, is it, is it pepperoni and black olives like I asked for or not? Right. So you're talking well, about some sort of x-ray camera to see inside a pizza what box I'm, and what, identify what i'm the talking about is you know this is amazing got, ryan i can't if i've got this video doorbell that is the image of the individual walking up to my door mm -hmm. right and i see there's someone there and i know who they yeah. i mean i know there's someone there right okay well of course alan we're we're you, you took me in a different way but i think the majority of us have the doorbell goes off and there, the, the video works when someone's delivering packages, right? Delivering a, sets them a package. Door. Which Amazon package, delivers it. Same idea. Yeah. yeah. Somebody's now you're in a location that does not have the, you know, the uh, ability to go in your garage door, which we've talked about yep. before, the Amazon key. So for me, I don't need to worry about it. 
But let's say that you have a, where you are, you've got someone that comes up, they're dropping off. And I don't know about you, but I've been fascinated by seeing these folks that are super busy Amazon workers. I get it. But they walk up and they just, they toss it, toss it down, take a quick picture. They go away. But if I go back on my camera and I say, I wonder which package has been delivered. Maybe I had multiple that were coming and I don't know which one it is because mm-hmm. he just, all I saw yeah. is, is this blur of him dropping it on my doorstep. Well, imagine you had something now that had dual cameras. So they actually announced this yes. dual camera doorbell. So not only do you dual have the doorbell camera. camera going to the person, but you have the camera at the bottom of that uh, down here that is actually pointed downward. So when they set that package down, mm-hmm. you'll be able to do that camera and look kind of and say split screen. Let me see what package that was. I think it even has some capabilities potentially of zooming in so that you can even see, you know, which one is it? What, where is it coming from? All of that. Um, you know, I mean, for example, I get all of my meals delivered. We, we, we do a meal service, which we, I think mm-hmm. we've talked about before. I have every mm-hmm. week there's, you know, three or four meals that are delivered. Well, to me, if I'm at work and if I know that it's a hot day and my meals have been delivered early in the morning, mm-hmm. I'd rather know that so that I can get home before they thaw out uh, on sure. my doorstep uh, as opposed to, you know, the shirt that I ordered in a, in a package. So, so I think this is kind of one of those things where they've, they've realized great. there's yeah. a use case and why not, why not add a different way to be able to look, um, look at what's on your on your stoop, on your front uh, front porch, as opposed to who just came up to it. So I think that's what? super cool. No, right? I think it's really great. Because again, you could argue and say, well, you know, if you only have a package delivered once in a while and you get notified on your video doorbell that someone was there and, you know, they dropped off a package, that's fine. But if it's a situation, like you said, Brian, you need to know what type of package that is or what delivery it was yep. or, yep. you know, that. A lot of times when they set it down, they're out of view of that main camera view that people have on the cam. So there you see an example you've got right there, the uh, kind of clearing up the blind spot for down below. And uh, you see that little bottom view pop up there. And there you can see now that it was some fruit that the grandmother was. Probably pretty important. Yeah, pretty important to know that there's fruit out there as opposed to a package that I don't need to rush home for. Right. So, yeah. Now, I I will say, you know, my... I've got a Logitech uh, ring or Logitech doorbell uh-huh. and it's, it's a pretty nice wide angle lens on it. Yeah. Uh, it, I will say, you know, just because I'm trying to counter anybody who might say, well, I don't see the point of this. Yeah. My wide angle camera, if somebody set something a, f- a couple feet away from the door, I can still pretty much see it on my yep. camera view, like one singular view. The problem is whenever they put something right at the door, and that's where yeah, I like I the doormat if they put it on the yeah. doormat or something. So right? yeah. this helps alleviate that for sure. And yep. I think for somebody who has a lot of deliveries or lives in a place where people will approach the door a lot and could leave behind things. Um, this is really nice. It does give you that yep. peace of mind to know what you're, what's waiting yep. for you out there. And like you said, if it was food or perishable or anything temperature related, gives you some indication of what you need to be uh, looking out for. So yeah. Yeah. Good. Well, All right, good. Alan. Not bad. Uh, we're rolling. You got, you got Brian, anything else? Do you have, or that do you have, I don't have any more. Do you have another one okay. you wanted to share? I actually do have one more. And it's, um, the, again, not necessarily a brand new technology, but I think yeah. an enhanced technology that I just, okay. I think I, I want to mention. And partly because of the area that I'm, you know, uh, that, that I work in uh, with to deal with health and fitness. Um, you know, one of the the things that actually, actually, and I'll, Alan, I'll think back to, I think it was one of your, your picks, your, uh, your mm-hmm. bits actually, uh, either last time or the time before about the sleep app, oh, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Where you were using your watch at night to measure your sleep. Um, sure. And I think we talked about the fact that one of the big problems with that is that still some people and me being included, I actually tried that app afterwards. The app's great. I just cannot get by wearing my watch at night. Really? Right. I'm huh. someone that I'm someone that actually I sleep on my hand a lot. I kind of do this thing. And if it's mm-hmm. there, it causes me frustration that it's there and it kind of gets in the way. And I probably yeah. have to just get used to it. But many of you may have known that that a few years ago or several years ago, they started to use a different form factor, which was using your ring 
my yeah. actual physical ring, put the ring on, and the ring has sensors to be able to to measure some of these same things. Mm -hmm. uh, let me show you, Alan. Sorry, I don't have this pulled up quite yet, um, but I meant to. Um, the uh, there are these rings that they just came out with, um, and there's been out for a while, but this one is particular, particularly called the Movana or okay. uh, Movana or Movano, whatever. I don't know yeah. which way we're, we're uh, suggesting this. Happening. We're really going to need some help with pronouncing. Yeah, I think we names. might actually have to okay. have someone come in and, and help us out with that. Um, let me actually share the, the screen here. But sure. the difference of this particular device is that one, you know, it's a really cool looking form factor. Um, so as I'll slide down here, I think it actually gives us the wearables. And the wearables you'll notice is a, a fairly uh, attractive looking, where is it? There we go. Oh yeah, there they are. Fairly attractive rings. looking ring, right? Some mm -hmm. pretty cool looking rings that you could actually be wearing. And the thing about the ring is that it's then going to give your app or your, um, uh, your your phone, whichever is connected to it, uh, sleep information, you know, activity that you have at night, uh, heart rate, heart rate variability, blood temperature, right? Some of these things that could really help kind of get a better sense of how well you're sleeping, but also throughout the day, rather than having a watch, which I think we're a little bit more aware of. And there are some people that just don't like to wear a watch, right? Maybe it's mm -hmm. not the, you know, the the smartwatches are larger these days. And I think there's a lot sure. of females that maybe say, I don't particularly care to have a big watch like that on, but the ring can be inconspicuous. Um, and if you can get the same things you want, stress related information, um, you know, all of that coming from something that you don't know is there, or you don't think about being there. I think that's fantastic. So, so this that's is kind great. of just the latest, latest uh, development in this. Um, and uh, this one, as I said, is called Movana. Mabano, um, and their, you know, their purpose so measures to, uh, heart rate, heart rate variability, sleep, respiration, temperature, blood oxygen, steps, and calories. So everything yeah. you would track on your watch from a fitness standpoint, and granted, or right. health and fitness, granted, it doesn't do anything outside of health and fitness. I mean, it's just yep. tracking those metrics. But like you said, there's a lot of people that that's all they really want from a wearable yeah. device is uh, not interested in the communication aspects of it or media aspects of right. it. They're really looking for tracking health and fitness. I mean, if you were, if you were someone that had an old school Fitbit, one of the early Fitbits where it yeah. wasn't a smart Fitbit, it was just, you wore this band and it got you a lot of information about steps and calories and uh, heart rate and that sort of thing. I mean, imagine this without any sort of, you know, uh, potentially ugly band for someone who was going to go and also something that you didn't want to wear at night. Um, this obviously I would wear all the time and probably forget yeah. that I was wearing it, which is great. Uh, again, I would love to, I'd love to be able to track my sleep. I just do not feel good about wearing a watch at night. I just can't get past it. And maybe I just sure. don't get enough nights in to get used to it, but uh, it's, this is something, something I'm super excited about. But yeah. I love the ring idea. Now let me ask, how's a, how do you charge a ring? How do, well, I mean, uh, that's a good good question, Alan. And you're going to ask really feel like you throw it away, to plug right? it in or anything. Now, I'm also curious about battery life. I mean, it's got to be considerably yep. longer than a watch because there's no display. It has to be. It has. There's to be. nothing like that. But I mean, how long are we realistically talking? You have to charge it once every couple of weeks or so. Or let's you know, let's see curious. if we can find out. And and with this particular one, you'll notice all the contact us buttons instead of actual prices. So I think yeah. this, given that it's just being announced, I think it's fairly new. It's not sure. It's not out there okay. yet. Um, but yeah, if they gave me a again an inductive charging, maybe you set it, you know, every uh, you know every week or so, you put it down on a a charging mat maybe. Um, and again, I'm not suggesting that's the case cause I don't know how this one is charging, but, um, if you had something like that or a little jewelry, you know, stand that you drop it on and it, you know, does yeah. some inductive charging, that would be so, ideal. Right. Yeah. I'll just give you an example. I looked up, I know another vendor that makes these rings. Okay. Um, and they are saying their ring, which is a very similar size and similar, uh, capabilities, it's uh you get between four and seven days of battery life. Okay. But the charge itself only takes like an hour or less. So yeah. they say 20 to 80 minutes, you charge it. 
and you get four to seven days of battery life. So you could conceivably charge once a week. And, uh, and Alan, what, what does it, does it show the form factor of that particular charger? Is it just a um, set it on something? I assume it's not a plug-in cause there's no ability to have an outlet here. Right. Yeah. I'm not seeing the form factor. Um, I think it most likely it's a inductive or maybe, you know, slide it on this, this, this thing so that it charges from the inside or something like that. Now here's, here's my, here's my challenge to the technology world is that, you know, you're getting heat from the body on a ring uh, you know, when you're wearing it close to the fingers like that. You're also moving constantly. Um, I would love to see them create some technology to where that is the charger. The mm. fact that you move, right, is it has maybe yeah. some way of sure. kind of uh, recharging or the heat from the body charges it, that sort of thing. That would be fantastic, right? All right. I'm not in favor of that because I don't move that much. Ooh, and yeah. so I'm afraid that so you'll need the extra out, charger as well. I will need right. the, extra need the extra charger. Extra charger. Sign me up for the extra charger. <laughs> I'm I'm not yes. the whole self-generated fit. Eh, <laughs> it's not for me. <laughs> well, talk about a motivator, right? You know, if it's a, I mean, uh, you be, start all of a sudden, maybe it shocks better, you and it says, listen, you got to recharge. <laughs> I gotta start your battery life's about to die, man. You got to run, get going, get yeah, moving. That would be awesome. Yeah. No, I, I joke, but it actually would so be really it. cool to be self-generating power at some point. Yep. But uh, no, I love the ring thing. If I, didn't have a watch, but I was really wanting the health and fitness standpoint. I would totally go after the ring instead. Yeah. That's much, much more. It makes a lot more sense. I think yeah. as far as picking up all the signals and all the tracking, all the data for you, the longer battery life makes better sense, easier to sleep in all those things. It's just, yeah. you know, I already have a watch. I'm pretty attached to the watch. So well, and to me, like I don't I need a ring me, as well, I, but you to know. me, I'd like them both. I really would like yeah. it both. I'd like okay. it so for, for two reasons. One, the watch for me, I love it for for fitness and all of that sort of thing. Um, but I do not wear it at night. I don't want to wear yeah. it at night. And sure. two, if if Apple, let's say let's say for example, Apple or uh, Windows or, or, or uh, Microsoft, someone that actually made the the watch or Sam, Samsung or someone said, you know what, we could actually now squeeze more days of battery life out. If you had a ring on as well, because the ring will give us our heart rate and all these other things constantly. Oh, I see. And your watch really now becomes a week long, right? If I could get mm -hmm. a week long battery charge because I don't, I'm not doing heart rate, I'm not doing these other things because I've got it on my ring. I would have them both in a heartbeat. Uh, so you basically are able to say in a perfect world that you want to offload the health and fitness tracking yeah. onto the ring. Yep. And use the watch only for communication and time timekeeping and all that. And maybe you know, wow. maybe the watch is the interface, so I could still say I want to start uh, rowing. Sure, but the ring is what's actually getting the heart rate information and all of that, and the blood ox level and all that stuff that would happen eventually. Well, so the the absolutely, I think that the sleeping I could see is the big thing. I mean, luckily yeah. I've gotten used to wearing it at night; it doesn't affect me at all. But it did. It was uncomfortable the first few nights, and I think for somebody who just can't get past that. Yeah. Uh, and plus, I still have to manage my battery life a lot better because I'm wearing my watch at night when most people are charging their watch at night is the best time to charge it. Yeah. Um, so I have to be very conscious of my battery life and charge it like when I'm getting ready in the morning and taking a shower, which is not the best time. A ring would definitely alleviate a lot of that. So yeah, that's neat. Yeah. So I think there's there's ways in which they're figuring out. Yeah. How do we get least invasive, most people using it, ease of use, all of this, and continuing to get health and fitness as being yeah. kind of at the forefront. So I think that's Good. great. That's awesome. So CES was pretty cool. I mean, it was, yeah. to me, I think most of this was about like not brand new things, yeah, but enhancing things, right? That's the thing. There really hasn't been a lot of new breakthrough, completely new technologies. But like you said, it's a lot of, hey, let's take the technologies we have. How do we make them better? How do yep. we add more functionality to them? How do we add more capabilities? Or in the case of the uh, remote control self-charging, just just make a smarter product that just yep. makes better yep. sense for everybody. I agree. Yep. Um, yep. I love it. I mean, I'm really kind of interested in a lot of these technologies we talked about. and we're anxious to see where they go in the future. So yeah, me too. Um, CES announced a lot more products than just these six that we highlighted. So if anybody is aware of a new product or new technology that you're really interested in that you think maybe we might want to talk about or explore as well. We'd love to do that. Brian, how can they, how can they contact us and be a part of that conversation? 
Well, just because I know you have this pulled up and I'm not going to screw with you and going to go opposite direction, uh, I'm going to say send us an email at info at the mesh.tv. Boom. Look at that. In, in line. Um, yeah, send us an email. Tell us, uh, you know, if I, I would really love to hear from people suggesting, like, uh, what is it that they would love to see technology do uh, from the home and personal use? Because I think that that's, to me, that's what's most important is that if we if we can make our lives more enriched and and more efficient and better, rather than these things that only certain use cases actually will ever need. But seeing the technology where they can make it better, make it better than for the environment, make it more efficient for us to use, and um, and make it do what we want it to do better. Send a, send an e- email to us. Um, you can also go to our website, uh, which is www.brothers-in-tech.com. And we'll have information there about our current episodes, um, recent episodes. You can go and listen to those there. It's going to be kind of your one-stop shop for Brothers in Tech. Um, we'll eventually have some reviews and some additional information beyond what's in our our podcast. Um, so you sending us your thoughts is a great way for us to be able to share those in a blog post or some other sort of uh, review uh, on the uh, the website. So www.brothers-in-tech. All right. Well, that's going to wrap us up for today. Uh, we enjoy talking about some exciting, interesting developments in the technology world. Again, one we have not gotten to use yet, but we are curious to see what happens in the future as they become uh, available and see if we can get our hands on some of them. It might be kind of nice, yeah. Brian, to do a little follow-up on some of these if we actually get to try some of these products in right. the future. See if they really live up to the expectations we had for them. So, All right, well, this has been Brothers in Tech. I'm Alan Jackson. That's Brian Jackson. Thanks so much for listening or watching tonight. And we will talk to you next time. Thanks. All right. Bye-bye. You've been listening to The Mesh, an online media network of shows and programs ranging from business to arts, sports to entertainment, music to community. All programs are available on the website as well as through iTunes and YouTube. Check us out online at themesh.tv. Discover other network shows and give us feedback on what you just heard.